know, didn't know Through these holes, through these holes I can be made whole I can be, I can be, yeah I didn't know, didn't know Through these holes, through these holes I can be made whole I can be, I can be, yeah Roland, I must have been about maybe eight months pregnant. And this guy that used to like me that went to Jamaica starts calling me again. And I'm like, oh, hi, how are you? And whatever. Then he says he's coming back to England. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you better know, innit? I'm actually pregnant. Um, so when you come back, you're going to see me with a big belly. My daughter happens to be um, two weeks overdue. So he happened to come back the day before I was due to be induced. And then that was just like it was nothing, to be honest. I went to have my cesarean next day um, and he accepted me and we were just together like it was nothing. Her her real dad didn't want to um, know anything. He wanted me to abort her and I didn't want to, obviously. And me and this guy were just were just friends. We just we just acted like nothing ever happened. A lot of people do not even know that he's not her dad because we were friends before he went to Jamaica and before I got pregnant. They just assumed that it was his and a lot of people still don't know that my daughter is not his. Um, we weren't intimate or anything for a while um, and then I got my flat. When, when my daughter was six months I got my flat so by this time I'm 17 and I moved out of my mum's house um, and I moved and this guy moved in with me and that was it and no one asked any questions no one said to me oh no I'm cool. you sure you want this man in your house are you okay because now looking back at it I've worked it out that actually he was 13 years older than me so when I was 17 he was already 30 and no one actually asked me oh no I'm command this man's a big man for you why are you moving in with this man it was nothing he starts working, making money, doing what he's doing. I've got good GCSEs, but because I'm only 17, I can't go straight to uni. So I start working. I start um, different care work. I worked in Tesco, worked here and there. I've done a course at um, Hackney Community College, is what it was called at the time. Um, I've done a, a diploma, national diploma. And me and this guy were dating. Now we're getting serious. He's literally moved in with me and, and we're acting like, yeah, we're, we're man and woman, isn't it? So I'm a big woman as far as I can see in my eyes. I got my you. I'm paying my bills. Yeah, I'm running my own show. In 2001, um, he paid for me to go to Jamaica to um, go to a party, like a weekend party. That's a party in Jamaica, you know. So it was a weekend away. Well, it was two weeks away, but it was a weekend party that was specifically for that, that weekend in April. And yeah, I went, had the best time. It was good. When I came back, um, there was a picture of me and a guy standing up in a club and he went ballistic. He went absolutely ballistic. And looking back at it, that should have been the first red flag for me. That should have really been a red flag for me, but it, it wasn't. I didn't take it into consideration at all. I just thought, okay, he's jealous, which is fair enough because he loves me and that's just it. About a month later, he proposes to me and I say yes um, and we're planning for this wedding. And as we're planning for this wedding, I can see different things coming out, different things coming out, different controlling aspects, different things that wasn't sitting right with me. But no one asked me, are you sure you want to get married? Nobody said to me, Nayamka. Yeah, this man's really older than you. You're you're still young. You're only 19. Are you sure you want to get married? Anyway, September 2001, I get married to this man. 
Um, and it's okay at first, nothing really happens, he's okay. But then I start to see the the controllingness. He's, I start hearing things about him having other women. Um, at one point, he moved another woman in the, into the next block from me. So if I look out my window, I can see her. And, and things were, were really getting intense, the, the controlling. And I can't explain how how someone like me, who's so confident, who's so determined, who stands up for, for right things, but doesn't like injustice, was able to be held down in that bondage like that. People say, why didn't you leave? And I think that so many things go through your mind. The first thing for me was, for me, I thought that was normal. For me, that was normal. There was no one in my family or around me in my circle that was a husband and wife and could teach me what to expect from a husband and wife relationship or how to um, live my life. For me, I just assumed that having a man and having problems was standard. That's all I ever saw around me was men and women that were together, that were complaining, that had problems, that had arguments, that just stayed together. And that was the end of it. 2003, I started my degree. And that's when things really got bad. Things really started to get intense because I'm doing me now. So even though you're trying to control me, I'm doing me, I'm elevating myself. In the back of my mind, my daughter is still my daughter. So I still have to do what I need to do to make sure my daughter's going to be all right and that she's going to see a good example of us. Not because I had her at 16, I'm going to do what I can do to make my life better. Um, I, one of my exams I had, um, I failed twice. And my tutor came to me and my tutor said to me, Nayamka, if you fail this exam again, you can never complete this course. You can't do this course anywhere else ever again. You have to pass this. And at this point, I knew that something had to give. The adultery was really bad. The accusations were getting bad. It was really, really mad. Women were calling me and telling me, how come I've got this car because she didn't get that car and her car is this reg and my car is that reg. And it was just, it was just, it was absolutely madness. Women left, right and center. How I dressed was a problem. What I said was a problem. Who I had around my house was a problem. Where I went was a problem. Who I went with was a problem. Everything was a problem. And I was really, really just bogged down and really sad and really just... I suppose in a mess, but at the same time, I felt like it's what I had to do. This was the normal thing to do. I suppose before I got married, um, the best thing that ever happened in this whole situation was that my husband um, sent for his sister to come to England. And she was absolutely amazing. Like she was really, really amazing. Through it all, she really helped me. She really showed me. And she'd give me signs that, nah, I'm car, don't do this and don't do that. Don't let him do this and don't let him do that. But at the same time, for me, I suppose I was, I was a bit scared. I suppose probably scared. So after a little while, he kind of, I don't know if he gave up on me, but I don't know, he just probably got interested in somebody else a bit more than he was and he stopped coming around. So I decided that I was going to divorce him without him knowing. So what I did was I signed both sets of papers. So what I did was I filed the papers. But when I filed the papers, they said, well, if you're separated, you can't have the papers going to the same address. So I changed one of the addresses. So I sent mine to my house and his to my mum's. And I signed both of them. And that's how I got the divorce. Because I knew that any time I was going to present any divorce papers to him, he would have killed me on the spot. It would have been no, no word of a doubt. I've heard about things he's done to other women. And I heard about his past relationships before even me and how violent he was in them. And I wasn't willing to take that risk. So I did that. A couple of years later, or maybe a couple of months, it felt like years because I felt like I was so free for so long, but it didn't last very long. Because a little while later, he found out that I divorced him. 
And he said, oh, you never divorced me. I said, yeah, well, actually I have. And, and I gave the paper to his sister and his sister gave it to him. And from then it was mad. He would we'd have high car speed chases, high speed car chases down the road. I remember one occasion um, where I live, um, it's a two-way street. You could go through the flats two ways. And he's directly in front of me. His car's in front of my car. And we're sitting there and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I haven't even got my daughter with me. So because I haven't got my daughter with me, it's a free-for-all. Whereas he'd have respect for her and he wouldn't really be angry in front of her, there was nothing to save me. And some way, somehow, I managed to squeeze my car through this tiny, tiny little space and literally zoom down the road and I had to call my mum and say to my mum, 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 call him, call him. So when, when he got to my mum's, that's when I knew that he was nowhere near me and I could get into my house. And after that day, I think that once he saw that I had got through that space, he kind of gave up on me and, and he kind of moved on. But generally, it was just intense before that day. So if you can relate to anything that I've said, whether you yourself have been a victim of domestic violence, whether you've had your child at a young age, no matter which age you are now, if you are in a relationship that you consider bad or just not good for your well-being, if you're scared of starting over or you're scared of what people will think about you if you start over or if you express to anybody how you're feeling or what you're going through, or if you just want to know how I overcame and how God saved me and how I look back now and how God has brought me through those situations and made me a better person today, then you can drop me an email on revelation1211 at yahoo.com. That's revelation1211 at yahoo.com.